0: Welcome back to another episode of the Peaceful Body Podcast. Hello
1: and welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. My name is Inez Bai. I am the host as well as a health and mindset coach. And today's episode, I am joined again by Anastasia McLean, who was on the Peaceful Body Podcast a few weeks ago. So definitely check out that episode if you haven't already. But today's episode, we are talking about sex and how to own your desires, because as we know, every single one of us is a human being that has wants and needs. And the more that we can dive into all aspects of ourselves and accept all aspects of ourselves, then the more that we can show up as the most authentic human being and knowing that whatever we are craving is within us for a reason. So I'm really excited to be sharing this episode with you. It's a little bit different and it is definitely divulging some of my own personal experiences. That I says, as I said before, we really don't hold back on any of the details. So it's going to be a super juicy episode and I would love to hear what you're thinking about it. So send me a DM on Instagram. If you want to give me some feedback, if you want to have a chat about anything that we've spoken about today And I would love if you could take two seconds out of your time to leave a rating and review. I've been producing this podcast for over a year now. There's over 100 episodes and I provide all of the content for free because I'm so passionate about helping each of us to feel peace within our body in any realm of life. So if you have been enjoying and getting value from this podcast, it would be amazing if you could leave me a rating and review on the podcast app. Okay, enjoy this podcast. Enjoy all of the details. I absolutely love talking about sex with Anna and I love hearing about people's own sexual experiences because it makes me feel more comfortable with asking for what I want. So here we go. Okay. Hello. Welcome back to the Peaceful Body Podcast. Um, Anastasia, I was going to say, Anna, did we call, did we, are we on nickname basis?
0: Yeah, of course we are. <laughs>
1: what a way to start the podcast. Um, welcome, Anna, back to the Peaceful Body Podcast. How are you doing this fine Monday morning?
0: Great. Love Mondays. <laughs> you? Um you? No. No. <laughs> I hate Mondays. Um, No, good. It's the sun is shining. Actually, I haven't even been outside, but yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me back. Yes, I'm so excited. So for those
1: of you that maybe haven't listened to the first episode that you were on, um, definitely go and listen to that first because it's going to give you a really juicy history on who you are and all of those kinds of things. But what we found when we got to the end of the last recording of the podcast was that we really just wanted to talk more about sex and relationships and dating and so today's conversation is going to be about that and i think this is such an important conversation for for gals to have with one another because i know from speaking to so many of my clients but also speaking to so many of my friends that it can be this really taboo subject obviously and it's something that i have always been really fascinated on like i've had in previous episodes of the peaceful body podcast i've also had like um, Georgia G-Spot, she's a sexuality coach and I've had like feminine healing guides and all those kinds of things. But I think having you on today, Anna, is going to be a really cool perspective because you're just an
0: everyday gal who's in her life,
1: <laughs> who's just really embracing her sexuality. And I freaking love that. So I'm really excited to be having this talk.
0: How are you Same. feeling about it? <laughs> I'm so excited because a lot of my friends, they can talk about this stuff, but I go to just like a level that they are kind of, you know, oh, and <laughs> I'll like let's change the topic or too far. So I'm excited. I'm very excited. Oh my God. This.
1: I cannot wait to spill yes. the tea and just to dive yes. in. Love oh, it. cool. Well, do you want to just give a little intro for you anyway, just in case someone does stumble across this um, episode and then we can get started?
0: Yeah, sure. So, uh, Inez and I basically went to school together, and I was the year below her. Uh, we have joined back together again because <laughs> I started um, a blog called The Bipolar Diaries, which she's been reading. Um, I'm 26 now, and I'm in advertising. Uh, and yeah, basically, I'm just a free woman who loves sex, love to talk about sex, and yeah, I guess that's what, yeah, what you said. We've kind of came to our conversation at the end of last time and both realized that was a topic we, we love. And yeah. so here we are. Here we are. I would actually love to know, like, what do you feel like your earliest
1: memory of sex is? Like, that can be a bit of a sex, question. Sex with
0: a person or sex by myself? <laughs> what comes to mind first? Oh, definitely masturbating. Like- yeah. Because my first time having sex was just horrific. But I remember as a little girl, like I, I don't know if it was 12 or if it was even earlier because I just remember it being so early, but it must have been like 10, 11, 12. I don't even know how I discovered it, but masturbating just happened. Yeah. And I thought I was sinning. I thought it was not that I'm religious, but I thought it was a bad thing to do. And I would always tell myself, like, stop doing this. You can't do this anymore. It's not allowed to happen. But it obviously, you know, it's like a drug. You keep wanting to have an orgasm. And so that was kind of my first memory of just sex and sexual experiences was just like watching a movie and there would come like a sex scene on or just mm-hmm. even something that really tiny that aroused me. That, that was my first memory of it. So that was the first time I really, you know, felt like this is something I want to do a lot. <laughs> yeah.
1: I can totally get that. And when you first discover it, you're like, whoa, what is this? And yeah. I remember so vividly I like of like birth masturbating and just being like, like, I literally remember just like touching my vagina and I was like, oh, whoa. Like, yeah. and, and we're off. And then I was like, didn't know what I was doing for ages. I didn't even really understand what it was for ages. Yes. And I feel like for women, especially because for men, it's like And boys, it's like, well, you know, you have your wet dreams and you have to clean the pipes. And it's like so much more socially accepted. And all the boys would always be like, oh, like, are you having a bat today? Or like, you haven't had a bat in a while. And it was like so much more normal. So I feel like for women to have spoken about it, it, would would you ever have spoken about it at school? Oh, God, no.
0: No, I never. I remember the first time I told my friends that I masturbated was outside of school. I was turning 19. And I was shit scared and none of us had ever talked about it before. Uh, But in school, it was, we all, I don't know if they were lying, but I remember being like, no, don't do that. I never do that. That's disgusting. Why would I want to do that? Um, So definitely never spoke about it at school.
1: Yeah, totally. I feel like it was such a shameful thing. And yet having, how was the conversation around sex at school with your group of friends? (laughs)
0: I mean, a lot of girls when they were like in, I would say year nine. So what they would have been 15 started having sex. I didn't lose my virginity until I was uh, 16, but I just wanted to lose it. So we would talk about sex, but none of it was ever uh, enjoyed it. It was always just, oh my God, I had sex and it, you know, I've done that. Or I'm really experienced because I've had sex. I'm really growing up, but it was never, I like this. I like that. I really enjoyed it. I orgasmed. Like we didn't even think to say to each other, did you have an orgasm? It wasn't even on my mind. It was just, oh my God, you did it. Like, did it hurt? That was it. So talking about it was not nowhere near the same where how I now talk about it. Mm, yes.
1: I so agree with that. I feel like as you were saying that it was so not pleasure centered no. at all. It was more like, have you done it? And have you like achieved this level and who are you doing it with? And it was so not even about you. Like, and it just makes you realize yeah. how objectified, I guess, we are in the use of our bodies from such a young age Yes. to then, you know, grow up and be like, oh, okay, actually, what do I want? And am I allowed to um, ask for pleasure or am I allowed to make this actually good for me? And what, yeah, what do I even like? So how do you feel like now you show up with your sexual desires, I suppose?
0: Well, yeah, as you were saying, like, it's really sad because when we're younger in high school, obviously you know that the guy enjoyed it because mm. they come. And so it's pretty obvious, you know, you give them head, give them a hand job and you see the actual, they've enjoyed it. We're with a woman <laughs> you'd never know. And so Yeah, I think just one day now, I remember I was dating a few guys and I was enjoying it, but like not to the point that I really enjoyed it. And then as I got to 22, I think um, I started having casual sex a lot more and I started sexting properly for the first time and Mm. I never knew how much I enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite things of the world is sexting. Like I love it. And there was this one guy that kind of like he owned himself so much sexually and he wanted to kind of get that inner freak out of me. And he wasn't even my boyfriend. He was just someone that I was like, we met on um, Tinder Mm. and I think with him because he was so made me feel so comfortable and confident. I just like my inner freak flag came out a lot more than it already had in the past. And I was able to own myself a lot more and really think about what I enjoyed a lot more. Yeah,
1: that is so interesting. I feel like I love a good sext as well. And like when you can just allow yourself to enjoy it and not feel like, weirded out by it because I feel like it really does come from that sense of school of like not talking about it and not being like like why do you think women especially are so embarrassed to talk about their sexual desires
0: I don't know like mm. as I've grown older I actually don't know and every time I get a little bit embarrassed I give like I'm talking to a guy and it's turning sexual and you know you're kind of I think you're kind of scared that they're going to show people stuff and. Mm that because they would they could show their friends and brag and be like oh look what she's saying to me like you know but I guess like at this age that's not going to happen and if they did that that's just like you look at them as if how immature are you I don't really care if you show people because that's what I like to do but I guess as younger I just think because we were so yeah, we didn't enjoy it and we kind of were objectified. It, it was embarrassing, you know. You, and we have the words like slut and, you know, whore and things like that, where men, it's like, you know, oh, you're a man now. A when, men, yeah. when men have sex, it's like, you're a man now. Congratulations, pat on the back. When a woman has sex, it's more, oh, like, keep it quiet, don't tell anyone. And I think that's probably why we feel a bit more embarrassed because, not because we should, but because society has told us to.
1: Mm, absolutely and it's that whole idea of like losing your flower and once you've like yeah. had sense, it's like you've lost you're not
0: innocent spring. anymore mm. like no one says yeah for us it's exactly the same for us it's losing our flower but for men like what is it that you know no one says oh you've lost your flower yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense
1: yeah absolutely and it's so um it's actually such a huge part of the way that you identify. But I think so many women, especially, and, you know, I'm sure like we obviously speaking from our personal experience as women. So we can't really speak for men, but from what we have seen and what we've spoken about with other men, it's like, so many women miss out on such a big part of their personality because they're scared to lose their innocence or they're scared to be damaged goods or they're scared to be um, maybe isolated. And something that you said before about, okay, well, if nowadays like I was like, I don't know, flirting with a guy or trying to like initiate something with someone and they kind of like threw it back in my face or teased me about it, then you kind of now have the confidence and I guess the experience to be like, well, they're not someone that I really want to hang out with or want to be giving my energy yeah. anyway. How do you feel like you got to that place. Because for me, that was such a hard lesson to learn that I feel like I had to learn over and over again, that if someone like did something to me that made me feel uncomfortable, I would kind of like internalize it and be like, well, if only I'd said something different or I looked a different way, then maybe they would have accepted me. But now I, if someone like, you know, obviously there might be something that I do that may not be the best thing to do all the time. But really now my attitude is like, well, if I do something and they don't accept me for whatever reason it is, like then they've missed out and they haven't been able to vibe with me. Right. As opposed to blaming it on myself. How do you feel like you got, like, was that a journey for you as well to kind of come to that place?
0: I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with my bipolar because Mm. of my high sex drive. And like, because of this kind of uh, conf, like kind of show confidence that I sometimes give off, um, I think plays a big part. And I, as I said, in the last podcast, I have this thing where I just say, "Oh, I don't care," and I just do it and kind of roll with it. But I also think my sister contributed a lot. Um, she always said to me things like that: that you know, why would you want to be around those people anyway? You know, you got to be with people that make you feel comfortable and everything, and just be as confident as you can be. You know, she always has the the wise words. <laughs> um, oh, I love that. Yeah, she's the best. Um, but. I don't exactly know how I came to it, but I think I just thought of truly what my opinion was. So whenever you hear about like a celebrity sex tape getting leaked or like there was a, there was a um, year when a lot of celebrities got hacked and their photos got leaked of them naked. And I just thought about it and I thought that's their personal property. That's what they like to do in their spare time. They shouldn't be ashamed of that at all. And if something like that ever happened to me, Um, If my friends got a hold of a naked photo of me, I would just be like, yeah, let's have a look at your phone and see how many naked photos you've got. Like everyone does it and no one should be ashamed of it. And so if a guy was to go around showing my sex texts or my photos of me that I've sent them, which I'm sure they have, like, I bet you there's guys out there that have done that to me. I just think it, says a lot about them as a character. And I think as you, I think it just comes with time and age. As you get older, everyone matures. And I think, I always think if I was confronted that, oh, this guy did like show these texts to people and photos of you to people, I would just be like, well, how young is he? You know, how silly is he? And isn't it great that I'm owning my sexuality? But I think it comes with age. I don't think it's something we could have done when we were younger, just purely because that's how we were brought up and you know i think we both come from really conservative because we you know both went to a private school and that's kind of how you're taught and i just i don't think it's any way that you can learn that at a young age i think you only will learn that as you get older and see that everyone is maturing and also the generation that we're in it's okay to be like that Mm. um so i think social media helps a lot as a lot more women you know you see articles these days about how to have your best orgasm. And it's just on the internet by a journalist who's owning, writing that. And I think that really helps us all to feel secure in those instances.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And such a huge part of that is owning it. Like what you said, like if someone was like, oh, I saw like photos of you or whatever, like, you know, obviously uh, like, I guess we should put a caveat on like, don't be, we're not encouraging you to just like send random Do not
0: (laughs) send, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't do this if you're under the age of 18 (laughs) or or don't do this if you're trying to get a boy's attention.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there are better other ways. Yes. Um, But I feel like if in that situation, it did come to light, and you own it, that's so much more powerful than you being, like, embarrassed about it, which obviously come, you need to have a certain level of, like, confidence and self-awareness. Yeah. But, like, you know, if if someone shows something, and it could be anything, maybe it's sexing, but also maybe you've, like, sent someone an artwork that wasn't finished or whatever. But if you sit there and you're, you go, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that's happened. It's the worst day of my life and blah, blah, blah. Then you're giving away all of your, like self like your power really to the person who's like oh my god I found this of you versus if you're like well aren't you bloody lucky that you got to see that and you get to be like that because now actually that's the vibe in our generation when we're like breaking the barriers in so many ways like I just read this amazing um or was it an autobiography by this sex worker called Rita Therese? It's called Come. Have you heard of it? No. Oh, I, I want to read really it. Love <laughs> it. I've been like recommending it to all my friends and that's like a little bit of a reco for anyone on the podcast as well. And she talks about her experience as a sex worker and like obviously there is so much stigma around sex work, but it was so interesting to get to um, listen to her speaking about her like obviously firsthand experience. And she talks about how like yes, sex work can be empowering and like it's good to kind of like reclaim that and it's like a way that women can make lots of money and kind of like use the male gaze to their advantage. But also like does every job have to be empowering and can we just have sex and just do it as a job? And, you know, I feel like there's always this narrative around females that like everything has to be empowering and like if you're going to, if you're going to use sex, then you also have to do it for like a deeper meaning. But sometimes it's like, yeah. you just want to have sex without being like, oh, I'm such a goddess for doing it. It's like, no, nah, I'm just going to do this because it's what I want to do. You know yep. what I mean?
0: Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, I definitely want to read that. <laughs> um, oh, so good. Yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah. I feel like in today's society, it's almost like taking it too far that it's, yeah, you have to be, If you're going to own it. You have to be like, I'm doing this for yeah. women, and you know what I mean? Where, yeah, I mean, if that's what you've got to do, that's what you've got to do. If that's what you want to enjoy, that's what you enjoy, you know? Amen.
1: Exactly right. So, how do you feel then like owning your sexuality now has helped you,
0: like with your own sense of self? It's definitely made me more confident because I think it's a huge part of our personality mm-hmm. that we don't unlock. And I think as you're growing up, you know, they say that you don't know yourself for so many years. Like I still probably don't know myself, but I think I do, but you know, there's still probably a huge part of me that I'll only learn as I get older. But I think because that part of your personality is so diminished and locked away when you're younger, uh, you only, let it out as you're older. So you only get to really start to discover yourself a lot more because it really does play a big role in my life, mm-hmm. like a lot more. And a lot of people kind of, some of my friends kind of, you know, not get angry, but just are a bit like, you know, why does everything have to be revolved around sex? Why does we have to talk mm-hmm. about it or whatever? But that's just who I am as a person That's just what makes me comfortable that's that part of my personality which is just that's who I am as a person and I can't get rid of that and I don't want to get rid of that and so I think unlocking that part of me and being open to my sexuality has made me so much confident as a person and made me confident not only just in the bedroom but made me confident with my body like that's how I kind of helped me get over a part of my life where I had an eating disorder, I think is my sexuality because when I started to, you know, with this guy that uh, opened me up to a lot more things, that's when I started to, you know, put on weight and became a lot more healthier and happier because I was having lots of orgasms, yes. <laughs> but you know, that's what helps you a lot in so many different areas of life and becoming more confident with men because, I knew what I want and I was really assertive and I just, yeah, it just helped my ability in that way. So, just, I think the confidence was the main thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And what something that one of my, um, have you ever done kinesiology before? No. So I, there's an episode on it in one of the previous episodes of the Peaceful Body Podcast, but basically I was working with an energy kinesiologist for a while and she helps you to kind of like open up your chakras and like shift energy and like oh, break um, old habits and patterns that you may have like soaked in when you were like a child or that kind of thing and I remember one session and the sessions are quite like deep obviously as you can imagine but you literally lie with your eyes closed the whole session so like you kind of lose track of where you are and where what time is and she's asking you all of these like questions but because you're kind of in like a hypnotic state like things just like come up for you right And the really interesting thing about our sexuality is that it's like directly linked to our creativity and our sense of power and all of those kinds of things. So if you're someone that's not feeling creative or you're not feeling inspired, it's normally also showing up in the bedroom, but it's also because you're probably like embarrassed about it. And so this came up for me and obviously being a business owner, I'm very creative. I love to be like thinking about new ways that I can like serve my clients or new programs that I can offer or even just like content creation, right? So I go to her and I was not thinking at all about my sexuality really. And it came up within the session and something she said to me that always stays by me is that just because you own something or just because you like have this sexual need or desire or identity of yourself doesn't mean that you have to outwardly be sexual. You can also contain it within yourself. And that imagery has always been really helpful for me because I'm like, oh, I can be a sexual person, but I can just like kind of hold it within myself and not all, and pick and choose when I want to share it and who I want to share it with. And knowing that we actually all have that within us. And it's so much more than just having orgasms or just being naked all the time. You know what I mean? It's like how you like move through the world and how you talk to people and also how you like express yourself. So that's been a really like helpful analogy for me, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to do that. Like I think that would help me a lot because I feel as though probably about like a year ago I was in that or maybe even two years ago I was in that headspace of owning my sexuality but being very much everything was about sex Mm. Um, and I only think I'm kind of coming out of it where I yeah I don't have to always talk about it but it still comes up a lot for me mainly just with my girlfriends, you know, when we've had a few wines and we're drinking, it's just the only topic I want to talk about. Like, yeah. <laughs> cause it just gives you like a great laugh, you can exchange stories. Um, but I understand that makes a lot of people feel uncomfortable and I have to be really wary of that. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something I want to look into because I just think that makes so much sense. Like just hearing you say that it makes so much sense that to be sexual, but not to have to talk about it or be, you know, and I get that, that it would help you move through life a lot better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, I think discussing sex with your friends, and this is something that I do a lot as well, and I'm someone that does a lot of work on myself and I feel like, just talking about sex is quite like a vulnerable thing. And for people that are maybe not having those like deep conversations and, you know, with you going through the journey of being diagnosed with bipolar and seeing different psychiatrists and psychologists and like that whole experience would have forced you to be really vulnerable, which is probably why now talking about sex is like a walk in the park because you're like, this, this is fun. Like this is funny and I want to have a laugh about it. Whereas for other people, it's like, Oh my God, this is like traumatic for me to talk about. Mm. Um, But what I do find a little bit frustrating is that need to be, wary and even though I agree that obviously we need to be like worry about what we talk about but like is it my responsibility to tone down myself because it makes you feel uncomfortable or can you somehow develop the self-awareness to be like, Ooh, this is making me uncomfortable. How can I kind of like research on this on my own? And it's obviously like takes two in a relate like a conversation like that. But mm. I do think sometimes the blame is pushed back on the person who is maybe more sexual or loves to be, you know, even if you're like a more naked person, like if people are like, Oh my God, I don't want to look at that. Or like you shouldn't be posting that on your social media or whatever it is, but it's like, well, this is my body. And I'm choosing to put it out there. You don't have to look at it, but why yeah. is it my responsibility to like cover up or to not talk about certain things? Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Cause I feel the same way. Um, I have this really gorgeous friend who I absolutely love. Um, and she kind of worries when I talk about sex so much in front of other people, mm. uh, because I think she's worried what they would think of me. Yeah. Um And I told her, you know, don't, don't worry about me. I can, you know, I I can, I think, pick my audience. Um, I know who I'm talking to at the time and I can kind of read the room. And I think maybe because she doesn't like to talk about it, she doesn't, you know, it's just a difference of opinion. She doesn't think it's the right time. She doesn't think it's the right audience. Uh, But yeah, I guess the things I talk about, I find it really hard to understand. Like, I don't think I go too far. I really don't. And so I find it really difficult to understand, but I guess it's the vice versa. She finds it hard to understand why I would choose to talk about it. So I don't know if we're right and she's wrong or where wrong yeah. and she's right. It's, it's such a fine line because I don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable, but then I feel really comfortable talking. So yeah. it's really hard. And I would never want to not have a friendship with her because she's one of my best friends. I would never want to not have a friendship with her because of that. And I just think, you know, I think we'll find a way through it. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one.
1: Yeah, totally. And it's a bit of like a devil's advocate question, really, of kind of just like thinking about it from all different perspectives. Because yeah. I think sometimes we can be really like obviously I, I definitely think that it's important to be sensitive to other people's needs and like, you know, trigger warnings exist for a reason and you want to make sure that you're being like empathetic to people's needs mm. and that kind of thing, of course. But I more just like wonder. What life would be if we all had the maybe the capacity, and I think this isn't something that we get taught at school, but like the capacity to kind of think a bit more critically in the sense of like, oh, this is making me uncomfortable. Do I A, tell Anna to shut up, or do I B, ask myself and do a bit of self inquiry as to like, why is this making me uncomfortable? And how come she's so comfortable talking about it? And how can I kind of like use this as like a trigger for growth rather than a trigger to like tell you to shut up in a way? Yeah. You know what
0: I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I, do, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how to work. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still trying. I'm still trying to figure it out. But yeah, I'm not sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, I think something for me that I really realised along my body image journey is that I would start saying things like, you know, people would say things to me um, like, "Oh, I really want to lose weight," or. I'm trying to burn off last night's dinner. And for me, having gone through my whole disordered eating, like I just would never say that because it's not healthy for me. And I don't want to fall down that rabbit hole. And I've come so much further to then go backwards. Just like the work to get... To where I am today, it's just like not worth it for me anymore. And I used to get really triggered by it. And I'd be like, well, you shouldn't do that because restriction always leads to binging and diets don't work and blah, blah, blah. And I would kind of take it upon myself to be like educating everyone. But then by doing that, lots of people aren't really open to that education because they've not actually come to you for advice, right? But Mm. now you're giving them advice that's on the opposite. So now what I really practice is just being really firm in my own beliefs, but in a way that's like, yeah, this is what I believe. And I'm comfortable in my body and I love eating food and just kind of using my experience as a way to be a role model as opposed to being like, well, I need to educate you and I need to teach you and just kind of like leaving people to do their own things and letting them to come to their own solutions in their own way. But by me, just being really honest with my journey, I think that can have more of a positive effect than trying to be like, no, this is how it's, this is how it is.
0: Yeah. I, sorry, this part's not about sex, but since the blogs, I've had a lot of people message me um and friends come to me talking about medication and they've told Mm. me you know they've gone off the medication because they were feeling better or they were prescribed medication from a gp and or they've gone down because of their medication and they're not feeling better and i just it infuriates me i'm just like did you read my blog like (laughs) don't like and i was (coughs) you know the one that went to a gp i was like have you seen a psychiatrist and (coughs) she's like no but i don't think I need to. And then, you know, another person who's gone down in their medication, I'm like, I'm not a psychiatrist, but don't do that unless you've spoken to your psychiatrist first. Like, it's not, there's a reason you're probably feeling down. Mm. And so, but then I got to a point where I'm like, these people need to go through their journey themselves. And also one size does not fit all as much as it infuriates me. They need to understand it themselves, go through it themselves they can, I can only give advice, but I can't be being saying, you know, no, this is how you should do it. And so I totally get what you mean. And I've had to really bite my tongue and like struggle to understand that because I wouldn't want anyone, you know, doing that to me either. So
1: Mm, it is really tricky. And it's a really tricky lesson that we all have to learn when we put ourselves out there on like a more public platform and people come to you with advice, but like normally people already know the answer, but, and they don't really want to hear what you have to say. So that's kind of like where it's frustrating. Cause it's like, well, I'll tell you something, but then they won't do it anyway. So it's kind of just yeah. like lead by example and you can lead a horse to water. I always say this, but you can't
0: force people to drink it. Yes, exactly. And I think you have to, you, sh- ugh, like you can't, ex- I think the people that want to they don't want to admit that they have to go through the process that you've had to go through because it's such a long process they want to, and they don't want to admit that they might have to be on medication for the rest of their lives. Mm. So they're like, I've gone, you know what I mean? So yeah, I agree. It's kind of, you can, they don't want to go through that process or they don't want to admit how bad it is. And so, yeah, you can't really do anything about it except just be there as an ear to listen really.
1: Yeah, which I think we can all do better as listeners, as well, in a sense. Yeah. Of always being like, well, here's my two cents and here's my advice, and I know everything.
0: Yeah. Sorry, I just went so off topic.
1: <laughs> no, no, this is really interesting. And I think it's so important because a lot of the time it can be really frustrating when you try to like give family members advice or even your friends advice and they just like don't take it. And so to have another frame to kind of approach things in the sense of like, the best thing that you can do for other people around you, if you really want to influence them positively, is by leading by example and just mm. doing and not trying to prove anything to anyone and knowing that people will be watching and they'll be influenced by you more than you realize always and yeah you might not get the direct credit from it but at least then you know that like what you're doing is helpful yes to you which is why the reason you should be doing it but knowing that then you're saving your energy and not kind of like overwhelming yourself with trying to like give all everyone the solutions that they
0: don't even then end up taking yeah exactly yeah no I agree all right. Well, let's
1: get, let's get back to the topic. Um, <laughs> let's talk about, let's talk about orgasms because yes. this is such an interesting topic that I just, it's so, it really baffles me the whole idea of like faking orgasms and I can understand it because there's so much pressure around it. I've right? done it. <laughs> yeah. Haven't we all like it? it I still but, do it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> just a word of a warning to anyone. Yeah.
1: That might be in that situation.
0: Yeah. Um, but I've got an explanation as to why I do it, oh. but I'll let you finish.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I've done it for sure, but it's just so interesting as to why we do it, right? And we yeah. do it because it's like, it, there's so much focus on it and like sex can only be good if you orgasm and like that if you don't, then that means something's bad or something's missing. And it's like just a huge lack of like information around sex. Like you can have sex without an orgasm and it'd be fucking great.
0: That's what no I say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. This is what I say. Like, I have sex and might not have an orgasm. Fucking enjoyed it. Like, even if you just get to that building point or that tingling, like that kind of, and I'm like, you know, I'm wet. Like, clearly I've had fun. I'm enjoying <laughs> but, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you but know, I, exactly. I say that and I feel like people don't believe it, but I have sex and I might not have an orgasm, but I have a fucking great time. Yeah,
1: totally. So, explain to us your faking orgasms.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay, I don't always do this, (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah. So, I guess it's times when I know when a guy is just not going to stop until Mm. you know, and it's starting to hurt, and you're just like, I'm just gonna fucking give this. He's been a champion. (laughs) Like, I'm just gonna. Give it to him, but also, you know, at my work last year, a few of the girls and I were having drinks, and I would always be like, "I should get an Oscar for my performance," <laughs> you know. I was like, "It's an Oscar-worthy performance, me taking an orgasm," and they would be, and they would be like, you know, slap on the wrist. They're like, "No, you shouldn't do that." They, you know, it encourages a guy, and he's not learning from mm. um, what he's doing. But then again, it's like, again, not one size fits all. That Mm. orgasm might, that technique might work for another girl. It just doesn't work for me or I didn't get in the right place. My head might've not been in the right place. And yeah, I get it. Like we shouldn't be encouraging men to do that. And I'm still trying to figure out a way, but to like not fake an orgasm. But sometimes I'm just having sex. I've enjoyed it so much. And I want them to enjoy it just as much as I've enjoyed it. And, you know, a guy I've never, I don't even know how a guy would fake an orgasm. Like yeah. it's all I over imagine. you. It's, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's up in there. um, And so, yeah, I've got to learn I, a girl that I'm um, friends with a friend of mine from working introduced me to her. She's so great. She owns her sexuality so much. Like it's even more than me. And she, a guy wants, um, went down on her and she just looked down at him and was like, do better. <laughs> <laughs> and it was oh, it was one of the best stories ever. And I get that. Like, but sometimes you just know you're not going to get there. And yeah. I don't want anyone walking away like their failure unless they've actually done a really sloppy shit job, been yeah. rude, like, haven't done a great job, haven't let you even try to. That's when I'm like, no, of course I didn't orgasm you twat like yeah. you know it's just no i haven't where you know they've done a solid job they think they're doing the right thing and you're probably maybe not going to see them again then yeah, yeah i'm gonna you know you're
1: gonna no, fake that. For sure. I so agree with that. And like, I, it's almost, yeah. If you're never going to see them again, it's kind of like, all right, off to the next girl and whoever's like your girlfriend can deal with
0: that. Exactly. I'm just, and I feel bad for that, but as I said, it might work for someone else. Like, I'm not saying that they're bad in bed. They can be so good in bed and having a really great time. They're feeling the right spots. Like they're, you know, if everything's working, it just might not reach there because of my mindset or because, you know, I could just I don't know what it is, but if they're doing the right things, then I think you should let them have it. My yes. friends at work are going to be so annoyed at me. <laughs> like,
1: well, I'm so. going to read you some stats because okay. um, I actually Googled this because I was talking um, to a friend about the pleasure gap, which is like how women get disproportionate amounts of org- or orgasm less during sex than men. And so mm-hmm. I screenshotted the, um, the stats. So lesbians orgasmed 86% of the time, which is great. 65% of straight women, as opposed to 65% of straight women, and 95% of straight men, which what? I think is pretty wild. Yeah, so yeah. like straight women, 65% of the time, and 95% straight men will orgasm. Oh, and God, I just feel so like depressing. when we think about our experiences at school and growing up and feeling like masturbating was a sin and no one was allowed to talk about it. It's so reflective in that. And honestly, I yeah. think 65% is probably
0: giving. I, I reckon it's all a mind game. Half of yeah. it. Because a lot of girls um, as, a, actually after I posted the let's talk about sex blog came to me and said, you know, they don't think they've ever had an orgasm. And I just said to them, if you don't think you've had one and you're not sure you, you would know. Yeah. You know. It's like, and people, if you haven't had one, they don't understand it, but it's like, trust me, you would know. Like I remember probably my first orgasm and it was just so euphoric and the best feeling in the world. And and I have this weird thing of like, not weird, sorry, I shouldn't say it's weird because it's not weird, but <laughs> I never had to try for my mm. first orgasm. I, I didn't have to, you know, touch myself. I didn't have to go into my room and really think about it or anything like that um, it just, it happened out of nowhere. And so, and it happened from this thing. Um, it's called hands-free masturbation. Oh my God. Um, Amazing. Yeah. So I can have an orgasm without touching myself, which is like, I don't even know. It's basically where you like squeeze your legs together and put a lot of pressure there. And it just, it's like the best thing ever. So my orgasms happen really fast. Mm. Um, and I didn't even know that ha- what I was doing, mm. but I was really lucky in that sense that it just came to me so naturally, where there 's a lot of girls that they and I think as you the older you get and because it hasn 't happened, the more it's sadly might not happen because you 're thinking about it so much so
1: much oh my and God. i can
0: 't even I feel so bad for that people those people like that would suck, and I hope that they find a way to get through it, but I seriously think it 's because society has done that to us and it's so unfair like it's just it's so unfair because they are entitled to their orgasm (laughs) you know it's natural yeah of my. with so much like
1: stress stress it helps
0: it makes your period faster do you know that yes it like
1: brings on a period yeah
0: brings on a period it makes it faster it goes away faster and so it's like it helps with so much stuff pain relief pain relief yeah exactly have you ever had an
1: orgasm when you're hungover amazing
0: Yes, I do do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, amazing. It literally gets like halves your hangover. It's I feel amazing. like it
0: wakes you up, but also puts you into like, I can have one to wake up in the morning. Yeah. Or I can do one to put me back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like whatever you need, just have yeah. an orgasm,
1: literally. Exactly. And if we all orgasmed more, we would probably be so much less stressed.
0: I, well, I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Some people definitely need to get laid because of, the stuff that they've, well, not just get laid, but have an orgasm because of what's going around them in Mm. their environment. And that's why I just feel so bad for women who can't because it's, you know, and I think there is actually a medical condition where some women actually can't orgasm. Mm. I I don't know if that's a hundred percent true, but I've heard of it. I've heard of a girl that has it, which is just so sad to me because, that it's like medicine. Mm. Really, it can really help with a lot of yes yeah, stress relief and stuff. And women go through enough shit already. And being deprived of that would just oh breaks my heart. Tell
1: me about it. I'm the exact same as you. Like I've always been able to orgasm pretty easily, I suppose. Yeah. Um and there I was there's this really good podcast actually. Have you ever watched The Sex Explained on Netflix? Have you heard of that?
0: No. I feel so inexperienced. Oh, <laughs> like... I, I'm like
1: a queen, um, I'm
0: like a closet like
1: sex fiend. No, not like a sex fiend, but I love researching about it because it's to do with the human body and I'm obsessed with like how we perceive ourselves. So I'm always kind of like, whether it be sex or food or exercise, I'm just like researching it all all the time. Anyway, there's this woman that they interviewed on there that had never had an orgasm and she was 30, which isn't like, you know, it's, sad but it's like not that I think it's common oh yeah it's yeah. really common for it sure yeah
0: I would just be like that breaks me but I get it yeah
1: exactly um and she does this podcast called how to come or how come podcast or something like that and so if anyone is listening to this being like oh my god I'm up in my head and how am I going to orgasm and blah blah blah, her story is so interesting because she had lots of like long-term relationships and you know guys are always like yeah I'll figure it out or like whatever um and she eventually does have an orgasm but I, I think it's just really helpful and even for me for someone that doesn't find it an issue to orgasm to to be able to listen to that podcast was really liberating because it talks about um, like how much stress we put on ourselves and like orgasming as well is really like the ultimate surrender. Right. It's kind of like you can't for, it's like going to sleep. You can't force yourself to do it. And the more you think about it, the less likely it is to happen. Yeah. Um, but to have the resources around it and to listen to that podcast is like really, really interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, that's like, I get, I've got two things um, I'll get back to the second one later, but the thing I get scared about is because I've, only have a few ways that I can orgasm which I know isn't true like I reckon I could orgasm in different ways but it scares me to think that sometimes yeah during sex when something's not working for me I think I'm up in my head saying like Mm. this isn't going to work for me because it hasn't worked for me you know in the past and I think it's all a mind game it really is and I just wish it wasn't but speaking of um have you heard of I think it's called the O. oh yeah Maybe it's not called that. So it's a website. It's phenomenal. I don't have a subscription, but I did the trial. Um, and Emma Watson talks really highly of it. That's how I got onto it. And it's oh, basically women. If you are trying to find different ways to have an orgasm or you're just trying to have your first orgasm, I highly suggest going onto it. I need to find the name. Um, but basically, it's women just everyday women who teach you how to do it. And basically it's like proper videos of them. And they're just like you and me, like mm. I could go on it if I wanted to. And they just show you how to, um, yeah, do it, go through it with you and tell the, they tell you their story. So one thing I picked up from there that I then tried with my boyfriend at the time was called edging. Mm. Um, and basically it's where you um, get on the verge of an orgasm. And just before you're about to um, climax, you stop. And then you go back and you start again and then you keep doing it. And then your final orgasm is like amazing. So it just has things like that on there for you to, I guess, just like educate yourself, but in a really comfortable setting. And I seriously think people who are just struggling should get on that.
1: So agree with that. And I love that you bring that up as well, because what if you, if you aren't actively researching and like exposing yourself to different ideas or thoughts around it or even just like opening your mind to it because it's one thing to like if you're having sex yes and maybe you're having it regularly but you can get very stuck in like a habit and also if you're not like you can kind of convince yourself you you know all there is to know but until you like put yourself in a different situation where it's like Mm -hmm. oh there is always more to learn kind of thing. But if you're not actively educating yourself and the only kind of information that you're getting is from movies or Netflix or whatever TV series that you're watching, you are going to be seriously misled because the way that it is portrayed in any sort of Hollywood film is not how people, or not how women orgasm at all. You know what I mean? It's like so different. No one is just like having a three minute like quickie in the kitchen and orgasming like that just wouldn't you know and it's like see them in missionary
0: for like 30 seconds i'm like that totally did not happen like no
1: exactly and so like
0: foreplay like what's going on
1: (laughs) like how that's not working if you're feeling like oh but i should be it should be like that and it should be like what it is on the movies just remind yourself that the movies are not real at all and real life is often so much more clunky and messy and like you know what i mean you just have to be born
0: I remember someone told me when I was younger to like watch porn to learn things. And I like, I get it. Like, yeah, you can learn positions and things like that. But come on, that girl is faking it half the time. Like, you know, as
1: well, you know,
0: you know, and do you know what I just thought of then is that when growing up, um, even like around 20 and things like that, I would look up, you know, um, articles and things like that, but it was always, it was never about how I should orgasm. It was about mm. how to be better in bed and how mm. to give the best blow job. Like, and they're pretty good. Like, <laughs> I actually suggest people read articles on that because it gives you tips. Because it is like a two way street. Like, you do need to, you both want to feel pleasurable. Like, we don't want to take it too far and be like, no, only us should orgasm. It's like, you both want to have a good time. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, definitely go take a read of that. Um, but, I think, yeah, I was looking up those things of, yeah, how to give um, a good blow job, how to, what positions to do, um, you know, all these things, but none of them were for myself. And mm-hmm. I think this website um, that I'm talking about that Emma Watson, if you maybe just look up the link, Emma Watson talking about sex, you'll probably come up, but The one that she talks about, it seriously educates you on yourself. And it's like, and you can implement it into sex. So as I said, like my ex-boyfriend and I, we implemented the edging that was a solo masturbation into our sex, which was phenomenal.
1: Oh, I love that. I'm definitely gonna have to check it out.
0: Um, So how do you, uh, this? uh, (laughs) I'm losing my word. That's right. Sorry, someone was just calling me on my computer. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> you go.
1: Um, I was going to say in terms of like, so obviously, yeah. So with orgasming and like sexual pleasure, definitely learning yourself first is like, and I feel like we hear this all the time. Like, how can you possibly know what to ask for if you don't even know what it feels like or yes. anything like that? So one of the most valuable things you can do is explore on yourself and I think so often people don't validate that as like sexual experience or like that's not having sex but like masturbating is having sex with yourself and like it is never time wasted like getting to know yourself better and reducing or like taking away this idea that like it doesn't count or it's you know it's obviously different having sex with a partner but just like allowing yourself to have that and feel like yep this is like good work that I'm doing on myself but is then going to help me to have even better sex with a partner
0: yeah no I definitely I think it's just so important because but it's so hard at the same time because mm-hmm. I get that some people can't get into that sorry I'm just I wish this was like a video because you could see me right now like I mean like a frustrated yeah. intense position yeah. um the brow is furrowed <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, um yeah it's I definitely see sex by myself as sex yeah I don't see it it's cause like, you're getting wet. You're coming. That's what you do during sex. The only difference is I'm not panting and my boobs aren't dropping up and down. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's no penis, which is sad, but, um, yeah, I, it's, I just, I hate that. I don't know. That's a tough one. It's like, it's, I think women should just really own being by themselves is okay. <laughs> you
1: know? Yes,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah um and so let's talk about finding like a suitable partner I would love to know like for you what are some absolute red flags in terms of like having sex with someone when do you know when you're like nah? okay I can't have sex with this person
0: a big thing for me would be probably I can't have sex with someone if they make me feel insecure Mm. as i've I've had sex with someone before that he didn't intend to make me feel insecure that was not his intention he was trying to make me feel more comfortable um but he said to me because i was naked for the first time in front of him and i hadn't i'd known him for ages and i hadn't been naked in front of a boy in two years besides my ex-boyfriend he said like oh you're not as confident as i thought in Mm. um in bed and i oh my god ever since then And we kind of ended because of not because of our sex life, but it became a topic because he felt like I wasn't as into it. Mm. And I feel like from that beginning moment, really like it really diminished my spirit of sex Mm. with him, sadly. And he didn't do it intentionally. And he's like, he's told me that since then, but yeah, it really kind of casted a shadow on it and, that's my na- main one is that I can't have sex with someone that I feel insecure around. Um, Which I think is so fair and so universal. So fair. Um, but-, but I think some women don't realize that at the time, like they don't, cause I became more confident with him, but never to a point that I could really feel myself, like feeling a hundred percent comfortable. Like I had orgasms mm. and things like that, but it wasn't the same. Um, but yeah, that's the main one. I would say, other ones, God, red flags. I think just someone who doesn't really know what they're doing. Mm. Like, I've had so many guys. Sorry, my dad just got home, so I'm going to whisper a little bit. Yeah, fair. <laughs> so fair. He fair, doesn't fair, hear me. me. Um, I've had many guys, like, rub my, like, vagina flap instead of, like, God, and i'm like you're like hun yeah yeah but i just don't get it it's not like i can mistake your penis for your arm like how do you not know because anatomy
1: of vulvas and vaginas is like not a common thing like you don't get shown what it
0: looks like i know it's so like men i think they need to have like a proper education class for men on how to give a woman an orgasm in school
1: yeah but i mean even women don't really like know what the vulva the whole female anatomy looks like really? you know have you right. seen like the inside of a clitoris like it's like this big it's like
0: a no that's true i haven't i haven't but oh, i my know god. like i know where my clit is and i feel yeah, yeah, yeah. Like guys- but it's huge it's like literally yeah. like the size of your hand inside feel- your vagina oh my god that's crazy i actually didn't know it. yeah it's really <laughs> weird i feel like guys should know that you yeah know? and There's just certain, yeah, those kind of things, I kind of am like, and eventually they get there, but it really puts me off. I'm kind of like, okay, you didn't know where that was from the start and you thought that's what you were rubbing and that clearly wasn't what you were rubbing. Um, I think also guys that just like rush it. Yeah. is a red flag for me. Like that, that get into it straight away without any touching or like, you know, anything like that. I'm kind of like, okay, like, I'm not exactly wet quite yet. And then they just like put it in and it hurts. Oh my God. Too. Yeah. like Come on. Also guys that constantly want me to go on top. It yeah. Really me off. I'm just like, I will get there when I'm fucking ready. Like mm-hmm. when I'm feeling really comfortable. I will jump on that for sure. But don't push me because that's when I'm going to be like, I'm not comfortable anymore. I'm going to feel insecure and I'm going to feel like you always want me to go on top. And it mm-hmm. really fucking bugs me because, well, because it's lazy yeah well I mean I guess it's lazy because like I just want them to be on top or like but I like you know I like it from behind I can do cow cal- like I like I can do cow cal- um reverse cowgirl cal- straight mm. away like I love that but it's more just like I think being on top and facing them straight away is vulnerable. Really vulnerable and I guess they could feel the same way but I feel like they're more comfortable they don't have breasts most of the time. (laughs) So, you know, I just, you know, they're jumping up and down and like, it's just, you know, I, that just really pisses me off. I just think guys need to be more respectful of your confidence levels in bed and they need to, that's the best, like, otherwise that is a red flag for me. It's just not thinking about that. It really bugs me.
1: Totally. Uh, One of my like main um, experiences that I now have learned a hard lesson from was There was this like cool guy that I was always kind of like friends with that was in my group Never really gave me any sort of attention like was friends with him for ages, right? And then one night at the end of a night I was like the only girl that was left and then we started hooking up and then he wanted to have sex with me And so I did and then I started developing feelings for him afterwards because I was like, oh my God, like I had sex with him. He must like me, blah, 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 blah. And of course he didn't like me. He just used me because I was there and available. And that was a really hard lesson to learn. But as a red flag, it's like if someone has never paid you attention and then they suddenly pay you attention at the end of the night, don't give into that thinking, oh yeah, this is going to like up my cool factor or like, oh, suddenly he likes me. The most powerful thing, like if I had known, if I could go back to that moment and just like not sleep with that person, like, I don't know if I would have listened to myself, to be honest, because I feel like we always need to like experience those mistakes. But what I would love to impart is that piece of advice of knowing you're already cool. You don't need to sleep with someone to make you even cooler. And if they've never paid you attention until up until that point, make them work
0: for it a bit more. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. don't get
1: into that one point, unless, and not, not that it's like giving in, but like,
0: yeah, unless you want to, mm. but you just can't have those expectations that you know they're gonna follow through or anything like that. So you've got to wanna do it because you know you want to have a fun time, you want to have sex, because otherwise, yeah, like anytime you have a one night stand or yeah go home with a guy at the end of the night, you've got to really don't do it because you're thinking this is gonna lead to a relationship and this is gonna, you know, this is is exactly what I did. After (laughs) because it's just it's not like you've got to really be secure within yourself and your emotions. Otherwise, you will get hurt.
1: Yeah, I've got to just plug in my laptop. Hang on.
0: That's all right. Um, but yeah, just thinking about what you just said about if you could go back and not sleep with this person. I have probably quite a few, but there's one that really stands out for me. Um, there was this guy that I was kind of dating. I wasn't actually that into him, but I was a bit lonely and bored and like, he was fun. He hadn't even really treated me that well. Mm. Like it wasn't like he was amazing, but anyway, um, I'd come back from uni one day and he was like, he lived just down the road from me. And I went down there and he was kind of like, we were talking and then he kept trying and I was like, no, I don't want to. And he was kind of like, well, then why are you here? Mm. Even though we'd been on a few dates and I was just kind of like, what the, and I got really insecure and I I felt bad. I felt like, Oh my God, why am I here? Like, what have I tricked him? And I felt really bad and he got really angry. And so I went to leave and then I kind of stopped And then we had sex and then, sorry, my dad's just outside again. (laughs) Anyway. And um, I was like, it was just the worst experience. Like again, pretended, like I've never been more ashamed of myself, but it's so sad that I was ashamed of myself because he was so vile. Yeah. Anyway, I left, could not speak to him again. Like he kept messaging me and I just like, I was like, I don't want to speak to you. Felt so like emotionally destroyed, Mm. disgusting. I couldn't even, I didn't even tell my friends about it until years later. Cause I, I don't know. It felt like a bit abusive in a way. Mm. And then I found out a good friend of mine ended up who like, I'd only just become good friends with. She started seeing him and she kept mentioning his name. And I was like, is this blah, blah, blah. Like, is that who you're talking about? She was like, yes. And I just sat there and I was, she was like, do you know him? And I said, "I, I dated him like, like four years ago. And I just said to her, like, I'm sure he's changed since then, but this is what happened. And she went and told him that he had made me feel like that. And he was like, oh, my God, I had no idea. Anyway, they didn't see each other. Thank God. Like, that Mm -hmm. ended. But it was just horrific. And I felt Mm -hmm. really ashamed of myself. And I shouldn't have felt ashamed of myself. Like, I felt like I was really kind of forced into it. Oh, and I know
1: that so many, I feel like every woman has a story like that where they've been, where they've been like, they feel like they owe someone something, but for what? Like you would never expect just because a guy like came, like you just, it would never work the same way. The other way you know what I mean um and it's just like reminding yourself when you're dating or you're going out that you don't owe anyone anything no matter how many drinks they buy you or if they take you out to dinner anything like that you can still always say no like you yeah. never have to owe anyone anything and I think that I whole, felt like that
0: for a long time I yes. felt like if I went on a date with a guy I owed it to them and it was just like no you should want to fucking buy me a hundred dollars worth of drinks. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, I I always felt like I owed them something.
1: Absolutely. So did I. But now I'm really of the mindset that if someone wants to be in my life, then they can show me what benefits they're going to bring me. And yeah, maybe that means you'll buy me drinks all night and I won't sleep with you that night, but you better still be trying to like show me what you can bring me. Otherwise I will leave and go find someone else because the universe is actually abundant. And this also took me a really long time to learn in terms of like dating and relationships that there was, always another person like yes it, you may be heartbroken and sometimes you really like someone and their vibe is there but also there will always be someone else yeah. that is even funnier even cuter even more vibier than the next person and like yes, it's okay to like mourn the loss of something else but always yeah. remind yourself there is always more opportunity so it's okay yeah. to just like let go of someone like sometimes I think as well it stems from like a place of low self-worth of like well this is my only chance and this is all that I can get So that's why it's then really important to do the work on yourself Mm. rather than waiting and thinking, oh, but if I sleep with this person or if I have a relationship, then I'll be worthy.
0: Yeah. I think also watching, I highly encourage everyone to, all my friends, I'm always like date, 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 because it does make you, people think it would be like you watching the movies, people who are like, I've dated so much and I haven't found Mr. Right. The more I date, the more I realize that there is someone out there. There are so many people. It's ridiculous. Like, I feel like I've dated half of the North Shore or like most of it, but like, it's like, you'd never understand it. this, it just makes you believe it so much more. It, I feel like movies just have it so wrong. Um, and yeah, I have friends that I think have watched, you know, girls growing up. Like I watched my sister and they have these really perfect romances. Mm. They always want the high school sweethearts, like the long-term relationships. And I've had friends that have watched that and wanted that. And they don't understand why it's happening for them. And they actually are really confident in themselves. They think like, I have this one friend who's like, I'm a catch. Like, I, She's really pretty. She's got a great personality. She's successful. She's funny, everything. She's like, why isn't it happening for me? But she didn't date very much. Mm. And she was also looking at, I think maybe her sister had had a long-term boyfriend. And I've been caught up in that. I've watched my sister have long-term relationships. And I thought I was meant to have that mm. at this age. Like, I hope I get one eventually, but at this age, I thought I was meant to have that. And it's like, no, everyone's journey's different. And sometimes dating a lot is what you need.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, th- I remember when um, my boyfriend, when I was like 23 or something, 22 broke up with me and I was like, that's it. I'm never finding a partner again. Like, I don't know who I'm going to date. I'm going to be alone forever. And I'm like, I can't believe I thought that at 23, like, let's just relax. There's plenty of time. Like I'm in no rush now. Like I was in a real like weird rushed phase of feeling like what you said. I think a lot of people around me were in long-term relationships and I kind of like expected that that's what I needed to have in order to be successful in order to be happy. Whereas now I'm just like enjoying it and just allowing myself to have all of the experiences and just like letting myself, you know, even though it's so cheesy, but like just doing what I really want to do and not thinking that just because I'm in this position in my life means something or that I'm never going to find a long term partner or anything like that. It's just like giving, allowing yourself to write, create your own life, you know?
0: Yeah. I feel you. I love that. But yeah, I just hope women, and I think also the more sex you have with different people mm-hmm. oh, brings you so much more confidence. I think people think it's different and it's like, no, it's, it's the opposite. You know, it's like, it's, they think it's going to make them feel slutty or something like that, which yes, it does for a little bit, but it's different. It makes you feel more confident knowing what you want. If you have sex with one person, you're only going to know one way. And maybe if you have sex with the second person, it's still like, oh, you're probably going to use the same tricks that you did from the next person. It's like, (laughs) you've got to have different people. And I've had many guys over time, they've helped me open up Mm -hmm. my sexuality a lot more. Like, I don't think I was having phenomenal sex until I turned 22, 23. And Mm. I'd had three boyfriends before that. So that's saying a lot, you know?
1: Oh my God. Absolutely. I think I lost my virginity when I was like 16. And I remember like the first two years, was like not, it was just like neutral. It wasn't like yeah. bad or good. It was just like indifferent to me. And I remember one of my friends was saying to me, like, she was still a virgin and she was like, oh my God, I'm really excited to have sex and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh God, it's such a long journey <laughs> until it gets good. <laughs> Cause it's one I thing Then yeah. it's like.
0: I didn't have an orgasm during sex for like the first three, like years, four yeah. years of having sex for sure. You know, it's like, did a lot of faking in that time. That's yep. probably my prime time. But I do really want to know, do you have any like funny sex stories?
1: Funny sex stories. Um, I had sex on a tree house once. That's oh. a story I always go back to. Yeah. One of my best friends um, has like, she had a party at her house and her family had built this like tree house on, like built a tree house. It wasn't even like, closed in. It was literally just like a plank of wood on the top. And me and my boyfriend at the time had sex that on the top of it. And I was like on top of him and I rubbed off all the skin on the top of my feet. And I <gasps> had like, no, it was so painful for like weeks. And I was literally like 17 at the time. So I was a bit wrong I've always been very like, just sexually, like whatever I want to do, like have sex in weird places or yeah. whatever. I don't know. Um, But yeah, that's the first thing that comes to mind. What about
0: you? I... I have one from quite recent. It was like, this one's really like, I can't even believe I'm saying it right now um, to the public. But um, (laughs) There was this guy, my parents had gone away. And um, I usually when they go away, I do like an all nighter, like stay out and probably stay at a boy's house. And I stay at this guy's house who I'd known for ages. And like, we'd got really drunk and fucked up. And like, it was like gone back to his place and we we were having sex and then i kind of like went down and like was doing my business you know doing my Mm -hmm. thing and he ejaculated onto my face (laughs) and i was like okay wait that's not even the end of the story and i was like okay and i like wiped it off but we were like half drunk and i went to bed and then the morning i woke up and i was like oh my god why am i here and i like snuck out of the bed was looking for my underwear, couldn't find them. Oh no. And I was like, and then he woke up and I was like, I'm going to go. And I left my underwear and ran out the door, got in the cab or the Uber. And I got my phone out to just see what I looked like. And my skin was like peeling. And I was like, what's wrong with my skin? It was his dry, on my face.
1: Oh my God, that is so rough.
0: And I was just like mortified because he had woken up and like seen my face and like I obviously haven't cleaned it properly the night before. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Oh my god! <laughs> so, no, that is. I told all wild. my friends like the week after we all went out for a birthday and. I- they were like in stitches crying. Cause it was just so, Oh my God. It was so funny. Oh that, my God. I, I have a similar story and I'm going to divulge and be really vulnerable as
1: well to mirror. <laughs> so one time I was sleeping with this guy, maybe like two years ago, um, whatever we like, he, we went out for drinks and he came over to mine, woke up the next morning and I woke up before him and he had red blood all over. <gasps> <his throat. No! laughs> and I woke up and I was like, fuck and I didn't even have my period like I don't know I think maybe I just hadn't had sex in a while and yeah somehow it got messy and he'd obviously been down there for a while and whatever woke up in the morning he like smiles at me and I'm like oh my god actually no what I tried to do was accidentally spill water on his face to like rub it off so I like leant over him and like <laughs> oh his face <laughs> and tried to rub it off but it was like dry.
0: in dry yeah and it was
1: dry and then so he woke up and like smiled at me and I was like I was like I'm really sorry but I think you need know, to go and wash your face and he was like oh why and I was like <sighs> oh, I was like my. you just go and suss it out anyway he went in there washed his face we didn't really talk about it and then he just to like, be honest he off. probably
0: wouldn't even re- he probably thought he had a blood nose or something literally I, I just woke registered. up in the morning
1: and like just his like look of like absolute had no idea what was going on and I was like oh my god this is so embarrassing is so and then I immediately told all my friends and we had a good laugh about it and now we all we always yeah laugh.
0: I had, I had sex with one of my ex-boyfriends in like high school. Wait, I shouldn't say that. (laughs) Everyone will know who that is. Anyway, a boy. Um, And I kept what I thought bleeding during sex and it happened like quite a few times. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like I'm on the pill. Something messed up is happening. So we used a condom because we were just like horny little rabbits. And we realized that he had, when I went to the bathroom after it happened, there was no blood coming out of me and we realized it was coming out of him and he had snapped his like banjo. Oh thing. oh my God. I was like, what the fuck? Like, and it, it was so much blood. It was so horrific. Wow. That is so wild. Yeah. Wow. Wild. Wow. 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 Yeah.
1: Oh, all right. Well, I think we need to wrap things up. I mean, yes. we could obviously keep discussing funny stories for days. Um, yeah. <laughs> we
0: may have to do over a cocktail or two. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: Literally. Um, but this was so juicy. Do you feel like you have one little piece of wisdom for the ladies out there feeling like they just want to own their sexuality more?
0: I think just being uh, the main thing, I think you just have to, even if it feels uncomfortable at first just push yourself to go do that sex. You know what I mean? Like do that. If you're wanting that, not don't do it if you don't want to do that. But if you like sexting, but you're scared, just push yourself a little bit further. And I know that sounds bad because it's like, it's very controversial because it's, we are talking about sex. You don't want anyone to be pushed into anything. But if you think that's the route you want to go down, Root, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, push yourself in that direction, and just like edge yourself a little bit further each time, and eventually, I think you would own it a lot more. And remember that, you know, let your freak flag fly. Yeah, and who it fly. even is to say? Trust me, people have some really fucked up fetishes. Like I reckon I've got some, and it's just like everyone's got them, and they're just hidden deep down. So whenever you're with someone, if you feel like you're being a freak, they are just a bigger freak as you are, because and they're just hiding it. It's just locked up in there.
1: and I think we all have that like initial response like sometimes someone will send us a text or we'll see something and there'll be that response and then we kind of like feel like we have to tone it down but always the best dates I've ever had the best sex I've ever had the best relationships I've ever had have all come off the back of me just saying that initial response and even though it's like can be a little bit scary that's how you show vulnerability which is then how you create an actual relationship or have like a more of a intimate experience or whatever it is because you're Mm. more authentic.
0: Yes, weirdly, vulnerability is key, which you wouldn't think is like a thing in sex because we, I think, we associate being vulnerable with like crying and emotions. Yeah, so true. Where being vulnerable in sex is, it's like half of it, is majority of it. It's letting down that wall, and so I think that is key.
1: Yeah, and being like, this is what I want. Either give it to me, or I'm out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh,
1: I love this. This was so juicy. Thank you so much for sharing.
0: That's Um, all right.
1: (laughs) And yeah, I guess that's that. Yeah,
0: we should do it again. I think we should we should get drunk and do the podcast. Oh my god, we we
1: should. That would be so fun. All right. Well, let us know,
0: party peeps listening
1: who have made it through this episode. Send us a DM if um you think that me and Anna should do a drunk podcast.
0: Yes. Love it. Love it.